walk into a stadium, 8,000 people, they all want you to lose. But as long as you got your 26 guys ready to kick ass or kick butt, you're going to be all right. Sorry, I swear. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of The Shock Factor. That's right. We're back. Kind of. Most of us are back. Well, all right. Me, Stephen Shock, and Jake Mintz are back. Jordan is traveling to Indiana, so he will not be with us today as he didn't want to join the Mile High Podcast Club. And, you know, that that's okay. That happens. Is that a thing? There's a lot to unpack there, but yes. Hi, everybody. I'm Jake Mintz. Jordan is not here. He's transferring his body from the District of Columbia to Indiana, where he lives. Jordan and I saw each other uh, yesterday and hung out for quite a bit. I think, Steve, we should apologize and explain our absence uh no, it's okay so what happened was is we we broke we, we went and talked to maui ahuna before we were allowed to and so mm. we we self-regulated what is it self-punishment what's the word i'm thinking of they uh um the self-suspension oh, where you like yeah there's a word um, that i can't remember but we did that oh, to ourselves God. okay we handed jake jordan and steve a one weekend suspension and that's why we didn't podcast no that's not true uh, we did not podcast because Steve was in Blacksburg, uh, Virginia, calling games on the ACC network that went until late. And so, because of that, we could not get the schedule together. But that is a good reason to not do a show. And I think let's start there, Steve. You yeah, sure. spent the last two weekends doing full broadcasts in a dry fit polo that was given to you for free. So, that's, you know, it's real. Early takeaways from your experience. Early takeaways, first of all, the Virginia Tech-Virginia game, that's the most nervous I've ever been at a baseball field. Like before, when I started, it was just kind of like talking in the Xbox Live party chat, kind of. That's that's my mentality for it. And then there's just a game at MLB The Show going on that I'm talking to my buddies about. And it, it was just nerve-wracking because I kind of go into it not knowing what I need to talk about, so I just kind of... I just kind of show up and I was talking to one of my co co broadcasters, um, Jason Patterson yesterday. Cause I did the UVA and Miami game on Friday and I was like, man, look, I feel super underprepared. And he explained it to me beautifully. He was like, what we want from you is the 24 years you spent playing baseball. And once he explained it like that, I was like, Oh, well, I guess I am prepared then. A little overprepared for college baseball, if you ask me, because I spent six years in the cooker doing it. Um, so I'm just a bit of an overachiever there. But it, it's been an absolute blast. And to everyone who said nice things about me broadcasting, even Virginia Tech fans, which I didn't expect, thank you very much. I, I, I really appreciate it. Being nice is awesome. And when people are nice to me, it, it makes me want to be nicer and spread more positivity. So everyone should be nice. Steve was so good on the broadcast that uh, John Chef, the coach of Virginia Tech, thought about smiling. He considered it, okay? He didn't actually do it, but he did think very hard about doing it. Steve, and you on a broadcast is very interesting because I'm sure a lot of people said the following thing to you. We want you to be you. We don't yeah. want you to change what you're doing. We want you to be you on a broadcast. Now, I am going to push back against that and say, I want you to be 90% of you. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Because th there is a version of Stephen Shock, obviously, that it will be very good at doing a broadcast. But I, I, I would imagine that for you, all these people are saying to you, like, 
don't change. And you're like, are you sure? Like, shouldn't I change like, yeah. a little bit? No, it's like, are you sure you want me to bring up sharts in the third inning? Like, right. is that because you just like, I don't know if you know this, but you just signed off on that. You just said that's okay by saying be Stephen Shock. Is this so. ACC Network or ACC Network After Dark? Because you please <laughs> yeah. need to clarify. Yeah, it's like, is this the Spike TV version of a broadcast of a college baseball game? Or do you want, like, they, they asked, do you want to wear a polo shirt or a button down? And I was like, I don't want to go buy a button down for this because why would I have that on hand, you know? Yeah. The second that you're spotted wearing a suit jacket in a broadcast, all of your cred is absolutely gone. I do love the idea of, of you calling a Kyle Teal home run like it's the XFL, you know. Oh, Teal, it's so hard deep. not to do. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the hardest the hardest thing I've ever done around a baseball stadium was watching Jake Geloff hit a 459-foot home run and not doing what I typically do when he hits home runs like that, which is just go holy and then every swear word I know. Yeah. Yeah, and then say that was nuked. That must have been very difficult for you. Um, we'll talk about UVA specifically in a second. They did sweep at home against Miami, and you were in attendance for the whole thing. But before we get to that, I do want to bring up some hats because Stevie Baby, Mister Shock, has been grinding on the college baseball grindstone. I believe this is now your job and your livelihood in its totality, Steve. Yeah, totality. Real estate. Whoop. Gone. Done. Baseball. The, the last house that Steve sold was his own real estate career for now, but we <laughs> love that. And it is a great reminder to go and support everything that Steve is doing to help grow the game. And the newest thing that you're doing, Steve, is you are selling hats. Tell everyone about your hats. Yeah. So I essentially decided to make hats with my wife, Francesca. And I had walked around a lot of college baseball games and I was like, wow. I, I thought of a lot of cool hat designs in my head and I was like, wow, it'd be really cool if I had a hat like this or like this. And then I was like, well, it's 2023. The technology is all there for me to do this right here at home. So why not? And so I made a college baseball is rad hat. I wore it down in Gainesville for a little bit and I loved it. It was incredibly comfortable. It's got like a sweatband on the inside, which important I personally for you. like. Important Dude, for you because you're a wet man majorly important especially for forehead acne like i'm risking it right here with this plastic on my forehead but i need to wick away the dirt the grime and so that's why i like the sweatband in it but a lot of people would reached out because i posted pictures while wearing the hat and they were like that's a cool lid where can i get that and i was like oh i smell demand and so i decided to just kind of mass produce them as much as i can here in my house and it's been honestly so much fun if you've bought a hat thank you very much um if you haven't bought a hat but have thought about it thank you too i i like being in your thoughts but it, it's just a lot of fun to put them together kind of i'll i'll kind of come up with an idea in my head of something cool and then try to draw it but i got shaky hands from you know the whole ucl snapping thing yeah. so it, it's pretty difficult to draw but it once it comes out and like it comes together the way I wanted it to, it's just, it's like cooking. Like when you make food yourself, there's a pride in it of like, sure, this toast is burnt to shit, but I made it. You Jordan, know? Jordan can't wait to experience that feeling <laughs> one day. Uh, one of one these day. hats, Steve, it says, quote, I'm a grower parentheses of the game. 
Can you explain mm-hmm. that to me? I just don't totally understand the hat. Yeah. So, um, in in terms of um, penises, essentially. Uh, sorry, if you if you skip ahead about five minutes, this talk will be over. But there's growers and showers, and I don't want to just show my love of the game. I want to grow my love of the game. Okay. Not just my own, but other people's as well. And so, in wearing this hat, people see it. They go, "Oh, I'm a grower." <laughs> Silly. And then it says of the game on the bottom. Now it's like, oh, he made me think. Isn't that what Picasso did? And the yeah. other thing is you can't have a hat that says I'm a shower because that's how you spell shower. And if someone had a hat that said I'm a shower, that doesn't make any sense. And so I appreciate that you have a hat that says I'm a grower, parentheses, of the game. Is it sexually suggestive? Yes. Is that Steve's shocks energy? Absolutely. Let's talk about college baseball, Steve. And let's begin yeah, sure. in Charlottesville. Virginia, a city named after the band Good Charlotte. And this team hosted the Miami Hurricanes and said, please return home immediately with zero wins, sweeping all three games. And the Hoos are certainly for real. Coming into the season, we knew that they were going to hit. We felt pretty good about the offense, Jake Eloff, Kyle Teal, whatever. Well, this team has the fourth lowest ERA in the country of any team in college baseball at 311. Absolutely phenomenal stuff. What were some of the highlights for you as an undeniably biased UVA graduate? Um, Nick Parker is an absolute dog. Who's Nick he, Parker? So Nick Parker, um, two weekends ago when UVA was playing Florida State, he was pitching. He's their Friday night guy. He got hit bit with a line drive in the head, broke his cheekbone. Um, so I was terrified watching it because I know how bad head injuries can be, especially for pitchers. And not just like the damage the ball actually does to faces and heads, but also the mental side effects of it where it's like, shit, if I go out there again, it could happen. Like I, I could throw this pitch. If I don't throw it good enough, I could get hit in the head and like I could be concussed or even worse. And so Nick Parker, 15 days after getting his after getting hit in the head, made a start against the University of Miami, which is not, it's not easy to start against them in the first place. And he threw four innings. And so when I was at the Virginia Tech series, I was watching as a fan on Sunday and I ran into Nick Parker's mom. So shout out Mrs. Parker for listening to the podcast, by the way, I appreciate you. And she was telling me his mindset was, it was like winning the lottery because it's never going to happen again. That like, he said, she said that when Kyle Teal came out to the mound to check on Nick Parker, he was the first person out there. And all Nick said was, man, I should have caught that after. And like, I just love this because I know how Kyle Teal is as a person. He's a very caring guy. So I know he was probably super concerned. And he's also the type of guy who can, he can get surprised by words sometimes in conversations and I, I just know he was absolutely stunned by that. So I need to talk to Kyle and get his initial reaction and see what he was thinking. So Parker went I'm, Parker went liner to the cheekbone, week of nap time, back on the diamond. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, huh. it's insane. And when he got hit, um, Chase Hungate came in. He only threw 4.1 innings before that, never in the ACC. And he absolutely shoved for them, which was really good to see. I think that's indicative of a team that's going to go far as yeah. a biased fan, but also just 
as a college baseball fan, teams that can have guys step up in weird situations and thrive are typically pretty good baseball teams. And Steve, I want to talk about their bullpen because whenever like it's very difficult to know how good a team's bullpen is going to be before a season because bullpen like outcomes, even in the big leagues are so small sample size driven. And if a guy makes 20 outings, like we did it right. We bullshitted yeah. our way to success in 20 outings or whatever. <laughs> right. And so it's really hard to know how good a bullpen is going to be. Well, this Virginia bullpen has been so freaking good. They locked down close wins in games two and three of the series against Miami and they have a five-headed monster. Evan Blanco, Kevin Jaxel, Angelo Tonas, the six-foot-ten Jake Berry, who is awesome. It's just like Chris Young, old Chris Young, but in, at UVA. And then, of course, Jay Wolfork, who has picked up the ninth inning and is like the opposite of Steve. He is an outrageously athletic six-foot-tall guy with <laughs> – elite arm speed and a rising fastball um, who should will one day play in the big leagues and also is the quarterback at UVA. Uh, and whereas Steve's nickname is big donkey. <laughs> yeah. So a few key differences between me and Jay um, specifically the throwing 10 miles an hour harder than me. Um, and if you look at his physique next to mine, um, you would say, oh my God, what is a Nike mannequin doing in here? Because he is like, he's jacked. He right, whereas you're like, you know, the body positive Nike mannequin. So his pregame warm-up is going to spring football practice and then coming over to the baseball field and playing baseball. My pregame was eating a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel and drinking nothing but Coke and Red Bull. So hmm. a, a few key differences, but... One similarity, we both, well, he pitches better than I did, but we both pitched at UVA at the end of baseball games and sometimes, and had success sometimes. You and know? got a he, lot of outs. <laughs> and he, he does it a very different way, but he is so impressive athletically. Like, he's just a monster. I don't get how he can do what he does, but it, it's really fun to watch him pitch. And he pitches with energy too, which I love. I I don't know if you saw the last out of uh, yesterday's game, but oh my gosh, he went ballistic. It was so cool. It was so awesome. fun to watch. Awesome to watch. We will discuss more about uh, Omaha halfway through the year predictions and projections later on this week on our midweek live stream. But the who's, uh, you know, Omaha time yeah, is, uh, looks okay. Spoiler alert. I'm going to say their name on Wednesday. Oh, you are. Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Uh, Miami. Yeah, Miami did not look like, besides game one, did not look bad in the other two games. They just got beat on the road. If if that series is in Miami, they probably take one of the two games at the end. Um, I don't feel that much worse about Miami dropping either of these games. One thing that is notable about the series, okay, is that it was originally scheduled to be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. Now, when we think about college baseball, we think about it as Friday, Saturday, Sunday. No one says that Paul Skeens is a Thursday night guy. But by the end of the year, he will probably have thrown on just as many Thursdays as Fridays. Steve, how do you feel about the Thursday, Friday, Saturday series? I'm pretty for it, honestly, because one, players get to miss more classes, which as a former player, that was one of the key perks of playing. That's Student like, athlete. Well, one of my favorite things was going to the professor during syllabus week and saying, hey, these are the classes I'm missing. 
And that was me being responsible. Sometimes I forgot to do that. So there's probably a lot of professors out there who are like, hey, what's this guy talking about? He's lying to you. Don't listen to them. Um, I got the piece of paper that says I did it. Um, but I, I'm all for them because it's just nothing. What happens on Thursday, man? What's going on on Thursdays? Not um, much. Of- like in the world? Yeah, just in the world that you want to put on TV. What's going on on Thursdays? Um, I I don't know. Is that the Masked Singer? No, I don't. I think the Mentalist comes out with new okay. episodes, but so I'm not you, certain. So you're saying like nothing's happening on Thursday anyway? Yeah. So okay. why not give me some college baseball action? The SEC started doing it um, in previous years, and now the ACC is kind of pushing for it. I actually heard that they had a meeting with all the coaches over the winter that essentially said if two coaches mutually agree to play a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series, they're all for it and they'll let it happen. They'll arrange the network to make it work just because they also want more eyes on their game. So I I think it's a move that's to grow viewership. So obviously I'm for it because I want the game to grow as much as it can. Does it grow it? I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm certainly watching right. more baseball on Thursdays than than I used to. So I would imagine like that it makes the TV numbers better and the stadium numbers worse, yeah. right? Because you're you're sacrifice like people are at home on weeknights generally. So like Thursday night, most people are who are watching college baseball are going to be at home and not going out to a game, and you're trading the trade off there is like a Sunday afternoon game that's probably more accessible for kids. And families to get to. And again, like that, maybe that's a worthy trade-off for the school, yeah. right? Because Thursday night is like the first game of the series, best pitcher, everyone's going to go anyway. And then it's Friday, Saturday, and those are the, you know, those are both draws. So, I, I mean, I'm interested in it. We'll see. I do think yeah. it's a, a, a cool approach. Another reason I like it is because if you think about fans who would go to a college baseball game in person, you want to primarily have a fan base of students at that school. So if you think about the kids who want to get after it on the weekends, go out and party and all of that, they probably aren't scheduling classes for Friday. They're trying to avoid Friday classes. I was trying to avoid Friday classes as a ball player. So if you think about it that way, so they'll take off their Friday classes. That means they can get slammed at a Thursday night baseball game. And then if you play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you don't have to worry about, oh, if we play a Sunday morning game, kids are going to be too hungover and the Sunday scaries are going to kick in around the fourth inning. Now it's like, oh, we can just get plastered at all three games. And I think that's a huge selling point for college students. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but believe it or not, if you don't know this already, college students drink from time to time. They do. And drinking at baseball games is something that's fun for college students. So I think this will increase more like student viewership in person and more TV, but it may decrease like the original fans, I would say. So the opposite of taking care of the students who want to get drunk is probably what we had this weekend, which was taking care of the people who wanted to celebrate Easter (laughs) on Sunday. And so if you take a look at the old Bible belt sec, you will, you will notice that six of the seven series were scheduled Thursday, Friday, Saturday, with the only Sunday series being Kentucky at Georgia, which makes no sense because don't they want to watch the Masters? 
<laughs> That's a great question. It's a lot going on this weekend. I mean, yeah. you got college baseball and the Masters, um, the resurrection of Christ the Lord. All sorts of things are going on, if you believe in that. If you don't believe in that, then Sunday. Um, you know me. You know me, Jake Jake yeah. the Jew. I'm out here, right? I'm, I'm Yeah. That's that's okay. I respect all people except for you, Steve. Yeah. Um, I it's think just I a little see... harder to get from food from restaurants today, you know. Yeah. Was the was the resurrection of our Lord was that on ESPN Plus or was that ACC Network? It was supposed to be on SEC Network, but okay. unfortunately, it, it got moved up due to like some rain by the tomb, and you know. It not to bring the yeah. peace act into this, but it was a pretty slippery rock, so it, it got delayed. Damn! As long as <laughs> as long as Flow Sports doesn't get those rights, I think we will be fine. Steve, <laughs> let's talk about your giblet ticklers of the week before we take a quick break. What is the team? Who is the team in college baseball this week that tickled those giblets? My giblets were tickled all the way out on the West Coast, even though my body was on the East Coast, because giblets are omniscient. They they can be anywhere and nowhere at the same time. So my giblets were out getting tickled by Cal State Fullerton. Why were they tickling my giblets? Because one, I picked them to win this weekend, which they ultimately did. But Friday night, or whatever opening night was for them, Thursday. they get beat by by UCSB. 14 to nothing. Two tons. They got, sh they got shut out in three hit. How do they respond? How many how many runs do you think they gave up the whole weekend after that? I have in total. In, with I have 14. it in front of okay. me. So I'm going to okay. guess one additional run the rest of the weekend. Would I be right? You would be right. Ding, ding, ding. You win a hat. Um, <laughs> but yeah, only one run. The bullpen stepped up. Their starting pitching stepped up. And their bats woke up. Which, I love that. I, I'm happy for Cal State Fullerton. They made me look smart. And thank you. So this team has won eight of their last ten. They are still only 16 and 10. They had a you know some rough games at the beginning of the season, but they look to be back on track. And sitting pretty, pretty in the Big West, obviously a program with a ton of history in college baseball, and a program that I think when they're good, it is better for the sport. The I want the Big West to be big again. Okay, I don't want the minuscule West or the or like the sufficient West. I want it big and I want it now. And yeah, I want we it, don't want and I want it West and I want it West. Right, we already have the Midwest. Okay, <laughs> let's make sure that the Big West stays big. All right, let's take a quick break and we will be back to talk about teams, moments, and players that turned our heads. Today's episode is brought to you by Freshmen with Rich Parents. Are you feeling hungry? More importantly, are you feeling fancy? Well, I have great news for you. If you're the type of person who loves a good meal and hates spending money on it, then make sure you check out Freshmen with Rich Parents. It doesn't matter how good at baseball the freshman is or how incessantly annoying he can be in the dugout. If he has rich parents who are always around, that's a must-have for any college baseball player, especially for all you fifth years. So the next time you're out to dinner on a weekend series road trip and you lost all your per diem money playing cards in the back of the coach bus, well, make sure you hit up that freshman with rich parents and make a reservation at the local steakhouse. 
Freshman with Rich Parents, now available at a school near you. And if you're interested, make sure to check out our other products, Junior with an extra fake ID that looks like you, and Senior with a car he doesn't use. <laughs> I love the Senior with a car he doesn't use. Where's where's that come into play for you? That's huge. You didn't have this you didn't have that guy when you were when you were a freshman? No, I, I always kind of just rode with people. I mean, my freshman year, we were allowed to bring cars on campus. It was kind of actually sick. App State had a good setup for freshman athletes. Like, we were all in our own dorm. We had our own parking lot and everything. And we were, the freshman dorms were probably half a mile to the baseball field. So I could have walked there in theory if I wanted to ever. I never did. Well, me and my roommate, Will Herman, ran to the field one time because. We had a bus leaving at 8 a.m. to go to Troy, and we woke up at 7.55. And so we ran there, um, didn't get there in time, but our pitching coach, Justin Aspergrin, he clutched up. He knew we were going to be late. He turned the lights on at the field, told our head coach the lights were on, and asked him if he could uh, shut them off, send him a text. So he was wow. down on the field, turned the lights off. Justin Aspergren, absolute bro move. I loved that dude. He was fun to play for, if I'm being honest. I, I really liked him. I miss him. It's good to sprinkle in the positive App State stories with the horror stories that you sometimes <laughs> share. But, yes, thank you to freshmen with rich parents. Very crucial, Steve. Very <laughs> crucial. Uh, a staple of any good college baseball program. <laughs> They'll you need find to get that you. Field, you need to get that field turfed and renovated? Well, then I would ask freshmen with rich parents. <laughs> You aren't wrong. Uh, you aren't wrong. All right. So <laughs> let's get into some of the teams that caught our eye this weekend beyond just the University of Virginia, because there is a world beyond that. I would say that the headliner of the weekend that was was the South Carolina LSU series, which ended up just kind of being this left you wanting more. It almost is like college baseball series should be three games and not two, huh, Steve? Yeah, that was a big fat poopy on my day when that game got canceled. But the weather in South Carolina is very unpredictable. As someone who spent two weeks there um, playing college baseball because the rain moved us around a bunch and made it so we weren't allowed to return home, um, it it's a very unpredictable climate down there. It's very warm, but also very rainy from time to time. Yep. I'm going to criticize what you're saying. Criticize I'm gonna, it. I'm going to push back against you. Push it back. People who say... Oh, yeah. Insert city name weather. Crazy. Unpredictable. That's everywhere in America. That's fair. That is everywhere. Think about it. You could insert any place and be like, oh, dude, Knoxville weather is crazy. You could do that with traffic and weather. You'd be like, oh, dude, freaking Topeka traffic is stupid. Oh, man. Kalamazoo weather. You know how it is. It's like, no, that's everywhere. I refuse well, to believe that like I'll take Miami, it rains and has hurricanes. I'll take snow where it's cold, okay, and I'll take like a maybe one Oklahoma tornado. But yeah. other than that, weather is the same. Well, Jake, and I, I know this because as a as a member of the Jewish community, I control the weather, and so I do know <laughs> where, where it is and where it's going. So well, you can believe me. If you're in control of it, then it's very on brand that we are completely forgetting about the Pac-12 existing in California and Arizona. Because those two places, the weather, the weather's just normal. It's just, sometimes it's really hot, but other than that, 
It's very consistent. It's very uh, consistent, exactly. But there was a lot of wetness across the southeast this weekend, which impacted some of these series. I'm going to burp. Feel free. Which impacted. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but the one that it impacted the most was the aforementioned South Carolina LSU series. Game one, Skeens, Will Sanders, a couple of big lanky boys, potential first round picks. I mean, Skeens is a definite first round pick, potential first overall pick going toe to toe. South Carolina facing the number one team in the country at home, and they just punched him in the mouth. Two home runs off of Paul Skeens. The first two homers he has allowed all season long, including kind of the real backbreaker, the um, the Ethan Petrie homer, I believe it was in the first inning, after a, an error by Jordan Thompson put a runner on. Just awesome moment, the Petrie versus Skeens showdown. Eat. Like, Petri could never play baseball again and just tell people, yeah, I'm the kid who hit a home run off Paul Skeens and have one of the more impressive baseball careers in my mind. Because, like, it's not like he's facing a freshman Paul Skeens that is working to figure it out. It's like Paul Skeens is a guy who could be a top-end, or not top-end, maybe top-end MLB reliever right now, I feel like. And or at least one that gets used pretty often. And... A freshman took him yard. That That's awesome for him. I'm happy for him. Petrie's been fun to watch. We'll talk more about him later on. But it it's just then the rain came in, iced everybody out, and it was such a bummer. As, as someone who's been in a rain delay at South Carolina, it is a fun place to get rain delayed. They have great facilities for us to go into to play around. Um our game that was rain-delayed, um, UVA alumni Mark Reynolds was there, and Oriole legend. So I got to take a picture during a rain-delay with Mark Reynolds, which was honestly one of the cooler things I did while I was down there in my mind. <laughs> um, the, the thing that kind of sticks about Game 1, and I, I don't want to take anything away from South Carolina, we were promised a heavyweight boxing match, right? Like the fight of the century. I know we had Dolander Skeens earlier this year, but like Dolander Sanders is pretty freaking good. And, you know, boxing gloves, heavyweight match, sold out crowd, rumble in the jungle. And then it rained and then it was just like a fist fight in the mud, right? And South Carolina won the brawl. Like they did beat LSU in the messy game that the, that the rain created and impacted both teams and took both of their aces out. But it was not exactly what, from a neutral perspective, I hoped would have happened. Yeah, I, I was hoping for an absolute marathon of a match between Skeens and Son Sanders. And so it was it was definitely a bummer when it when the rain came into town and was like, Hey, you know that boxing ring everyone's at? We're gonna we're gonna fill it with poop and disappointment and and yeah. And so that's That's why you turn in that's why you turn in the shock factor to have the image of a boxing ring filled with poop enter your ears while you're listening to a podcast. Uh, game two in Columbia was a banger. Highly recommend going back and watching those highlights. South Carolina went up pretty big in the early going, and then they were like clinging to this seven to three lead. But it was actually the other way around. Like LSU was clinging to being down only seven to three. They like totally wriggled out of a couple of crazy situations with guys on base. And shouts out to LSU's bullpen, who was incredible in that game. Came back. Took the lead. I took the leader, tied it. I can't remember on a Gavin Dugas home run. Surprise, surprise. I want to highlight him. Like we were previewing this LSU team, 
it was like, oh, Trey Morgan, Tommy White, Dylan Cruz. And Gavin Dugas has been unbelievable. And he has been outrageously clutch for LSU all year long. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the home run he tied it with was a grand slam, too, which was. Oh, yes, that's what it was. He hit, he hit a game electric, time grand slam. Electric yes. stuff. And, man, it was just such an awesome ball game all around. There were a few moments where it, it was a bit of an ump show for at least one half of an inning where Trey Morgan hits a rocket off of uh, Petri's glove at first base. It hits the umpire. He's able to recover and throw it to first. I, I think in those situations, we, we might want to call it a dead ball, but also it's also just fun for the wacky things to happen in baseball. So It was a great highlight because – like he he rips it, it, it hits the umpire. The ball was gonna like either go into the corner or at least be a single, maybe a double. Ball hits the umpire, ricochets like back into near first base, and they get the out. But it hits the ump, and then he kind of like circles around the play and is in position to call him out on a bang bang play. And I would imagine that a lot of umps in that scenario are probably like nursing a hurt. Like they just got knocked by the ball, came off the bat pretty hard. And they would give like a nice subtle you're out. This dude went full punchito and like sold it. And so the visual of him getting cocked with the ball and then running around and punching the guy out. The only reason he's out is because the ump was in the way. Oh, mm. as yeah, me, I, as me, me, a troll who likes bad umpiring. It was delightful. Yeah. And there, there were talks on Twitter about uh, the umpire. He was the home plate umpire in the game before. And it seemed like he had made a few calls against a uh, few LSU players that weren't fair from what I hear, but also, you know, that's just baseball. It happens. From Can't complain about time, the umps. If you yeah. complain about the umps, if you complain about the umps, you have to remember that baseball like life is cyclical and it will come back around and help you one day if it hasn't already. But yeah. And, and the big, the, the disappointing thing about this series obviously is that we did not get a game three. And so we are left with a very bizarre split one game to each two of the best teams in the SEC, and we do not get a definitive answer between the two of them, at least not yet. That's what Hoover is for. Hoover is for deciding things like that and for cleaning up the things I spill on my carpet. Let's pivot. Uh, the rest of the SEC was good. I don't think we learned anything all that new. Florida went to Tennessee and beat them, took two out of three there, which is impressive. I think the Vols are probably like a half tier below that top, group now with Arkansas and LSU and uh, Florida, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't particularly shocked by anything. Any other SEC things for you, Steve? No, honestly, the only one for me was the University of Florida being University of Tennessee. But what I liked about Tennessee is the past two weekends, they've really fought to win Sunday. So like, or we would call it fighting to win Sunday. It's whatever the last game of the series is. It's Saturday sometimes now. But a, a large emphasis when I was at UVA under the tutelage of Coach Brian O'Connor, he uh, he would emphasize winning on Sundays because big games are typically played on Sundays. It's just kind of a fact of life. Championships, whenever you're at a tournament, things like that, they're on Sundays. So you want to win on Sundays. You want to at least get one you don't want to get swept essentially if and if you can't have chick-fil-a you might as well win yeah exactly and so that's what tennessee's been doing like last weekend against lsu they got beat the first two games then just pumped on sunday this week against florida they got beat the first two games pumped on sunday again so it 
it gives the team confidence that hey, we can win on Sundays. We can we can win on the other days too. We just we just need to put it together. Like we have the ability. It's just a matter of performing. Tony V has to trick them into thinking, like, whoa, what day of the week is it? Um, should also <laughs> mention Vanderbilt take two out of three at Missouri. Like, yep, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Right, a lot of these other ones. I guess Kentucky uh, only took one against Georgia, I believe, which again, like, yeah, that's, that's within the realm of possibility. I know Kentucky has been really good, but no shame in, in losing to a Georgia. Let's pivot over to the ACC Louisville sweeping Boston college at home, kind of taking control of the ACC behind UVA Florida state loses a series at Clemson. They are now four and 11 in conference. Oh, boy, the longest playoff streak in college baseball history is in jeopardy. Steve, are you worried? I'm not worried. I, I think they're not worried. I, I like the way they play the baseball game. You know, they they right. have Cam Smith over at third base who does a great job. And Link Jarrett, I mean, his first year there it might be a little rocky, but once he gets his guys in and, like, his recruits and who he wants to be there, like, kind of how he likes to build a team – they're yeah. going to be very, very successful. They're going to be a scary, yeah. successful team, I think. I believe that that is maybe true. Their only conference series victory is against Pittsburgh at home. They lost to Boston College at home. They got swept at Virginia in two of those games were total blowouts. They got swept by Miami. Two of those games were total blowouts. And then they lost the battle of the new ACC coaches to Clemson and Eric Backage. I am, do not think they will get in. They need to get really hot. I think their record right now is 13 and 18 overall. Okay, they are 4 and 11 in the ACC. It'll be pretty weird to have, uh, you know, May without Florida State, but it's certainly looking like that. For anybody curious, the second longest streak uh, postseason belongs to the Vanderbilt Commodores. So we maybe we'll start talking about them. Pivoting to the Big Ten, which we should say. Not Power 5 for baseball, right, Steve? Sometimes they are. Sometimes they look like it. but Sometimes they don't. And one of the times that they didn't was this past weekend when Iowa, who I think for a little bit was our favorite to win that conference, they lost against Indiana, who now sits at 7-2 and two atop the Big Ten. Very impressive game on Sunday, like you said, or maybe it was Saturday, but the Sunday of college baseball, winning 4-2 to two with a bullpen game. Allowing only two runs to Iowa on a Sunday, that's impressive. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think just any t a bullpen day is so hard to win because someone's got to be bound to have a shitty outing, you know? But for a whole team to not have a bad outing, like everybody just has a good – you got to approach it as, okay – I just need a one-inning win here. I just need to win this inning. And if every reliever takes it with that mindset of, oh, I need to win this inning, or if you're a closer, oh, I need one save this inning, even if it's the fifth, I just need to go save the inning. Like, that's where you'll be successful on a bullpen day. And it, it's honestly incredible that Indiana used just their bullpen to win this game. Like, that that's a strong showing for the bullpen. We were talking earlier about how it's hard to tell who has a good bullpen, but bullpen day wins. That's a pretty good indicator for us. Absolutely. Uh, Big 12, the one I guess to talk about there would be TCU not taking a series from Oklahoma State who really can't pitch. <laughs> really can't. 
just they don't collect outs they collect stamps <laughs> yeah Duran watts brown is really good but i mean tcu handled him pretty pretty heavily yeah i would say so i i mean it's it's gonna you know be what? interesting to see what they do i don't mean this in a mean way josh holiday needs to uncover a long lost brother who pitched in the big leagues okay because he already has a regular brother who hit in the big leagues, who has clearly been somewhat helpful to that program. If he can just find like, you know, uh, Harry holiday, you know, <laughs> get him in there and, and teach a little bit of pitching. I know it's a good place to hit. Uh, and then lastly, before we finish up with our teams, um, actually, no, that's all I have to say. Anything else, any other teams that, that you want to bring up, Steve, or you want to move on to some moments? Let's move on to some moments. Why not? Um, Steve, you are having a wedding reception in two weeks, mm-hmm. correct? Correct. What will you wear to the wedding reception? I will wear um, navy pants, brown shoes, brown belt, um, both leather. Um, maybe maybe a button-down shirt and a suit jacket, navy suit jacket probably. Um, or maybe a sports coat with something a little less formal, maybe some open buttons up top. Definitely okay. not a tie. Definitely, Definitely no. not a tie. No not ties. No ties. No ties. No ties. I'm, a, well, I'm not a tie guy. You know that. I'm casual not, Steve. Not a tie guy. Well, I have bad news for you because there was a tie. There was a tie. There was a tie today. Hate to see it. Utah and the University of California, Los Angeles, tied time to time. The Sorry. L.A. Times. The L.A. Um, Times. 10 to 10 in LA, uh, 11 inning game. It was the time cutoff thing. Uh, they couldn't, I guess, start after f- an inning after 4:30. Uh, Utah had to get home because I think they're literally playing tomorrow, <laughs> which is just bad scheduling. Sounds about right. Um, but Steve, how do you feel about ties, and more specifically, how do you feel about time restricted ties? I I hate them personally, just because. You spent nine innings trying to win a game, and you don't even know if you won it or lost it. It's just like, meh. It's like, what was the point of us doing all that, putting all that effort in, putting in the two hours and ten minutes it takes to play a nine-inning baseball game these days because of the pitch clock making things efficient? And I I just don't like them. And the time cutoffs, that's – I was talking about Sunday scaries earlier. As a college baseball player, the time cutoff, that is like – it's like when your mom comes out and she found out you're in trouble for something, but you're playing kickball and she comes out and she's like, Hey, get in here. You're in trouble. You're grounded. Now that's kind of how a time cutoff feels in college baseball. I like, I get it. You got to do it because of travel and all of that. And it, it's all based on flight times and things like that. But I want to talk about something along the lines of travel that I think was interesting over the weekend, which came from the likes of a UCF and ECU series. So UCF's starting quarterback is a transfer from Ole Miss. His name is John Plumley. He had a spring game for UCF in the morning, and he also plays center field for their baseball team, who was playing in Greenville, North Carolina. Now, they they weren't like, hey, okay, you're just going to stay back this weekend, right? No. Why would they do that? They had a private jet fly him after playing in his spring game, fly him up to Greenville where they are playing a doubleheader 
and he plays in the doubleheader, which, one, that's super impressive for him, happy for him, that's cool. Two, we can't, we, we couldn't pay a third assistant coach. We couldn't? How much does a private jet cost? I don't know. I've never been able to afford it because they're probably expensive. How much does a volunteer assistant coach cost? Whole bottle of Skippy peanut butter, loaf of bread, they're happy. We can just give him money. We could give him the money for the private jets, you know? Okay, so John Reese Plumley is pretty good. Yeah, he's right. very good. Very talented. He's nothing against the kid. Nothing against John Reese Plumley. If someone goes up to you and says, we're going to pay for a private jet to take you up there, you say yes. You say yeah. yes. All I say However, is I got to make sure my phone's charged for pictures. Um, let me say this. I, I also like UCF as a program. I'm down with I'm down with that group. However, getting a private jet to fly your eight-hole hitter to Greenville, North Carolina to get swept by East Carolina is not exactly what I would, would call a good use of, of, of resources. Um, that's just my opinion. Now, that's if he had showed up and he was pretty good over the weekend, had an over in the first game, a couple of hits uh, in, in the other two, they didn't lose because of him. If he wasn't there, they would have lost anyway. Um, but I just think you are right, Steve. Maybe we pay the third assistant before flying kids on private jets. And like, yeah. that's not necessarily like UCF's fault, right? Like UCF no. isn't doing this, but it is just a reminder to the NCAA, like the money's there. The money's yeah, there. Exactly. It, if we have a not... mid-major, this is a mid-major, I understand like blah, 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 the American is like not a mid-major or whatever, but it's still not the SEC, the, the ACC or the Big 12. And they're flying the kid on a private jet. Yeah, it like nothing against UCF, the athletic department there or anything. I just wanted to bring awareness so in case the NCAA is listening, the money's there now. It it's got to be, I think. And UCF, like you mentioned, they're one of the better, better just athletic departments in general. So they're going to have more money because they're entertaining to watch. They have great facilities. They get great recruits. But at the same time, NCAA, please, please, just listen. There's money. It's it's there. It's got to be there. So, so uh, here's the thing, man. I like. Do we think this is real? Do you really think they did this? I guess I mean, it, no. This is real. It was on the news. Yeah, it's it's got to be real because I looked at the scheduling. Like, if you just look at the stat lines, he was in all three of the ba all two of the baseball games, and all one of the spring oh, no. football game. You're right. This is right. Like the coach at UCF is like, I don't know if anybody ever done that. Um, <laughs> I would imagine that some of that money came from the football team. Like, yeah. I bet you the football yeah, team yeah. went to the baseball team. and was like, we can do this. We'll see oh, that. absolutely. I don't think the baseball team was like, we're going to need a private jet. Cause if a, if a baseball coach walked to any athletic director with this plan, they would get told to go eat a turd sandwich. That's just how it works. This but is such a hilarious version of what Deion Sanders did. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like UCF spring practice football and a tough loss to ECU. Um, let's move on to a different topic. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I, I had uh, to had bring a, it up. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. We had a great play uh, in the Elon game against, I think this is UNC Wilmington. Kind of a mm -hmm. pop fly back behind the catcher uh, to like the left side of home plate if you're facing out towards the field. Catcher kind of bobbles it. Third baseman comes sprinting in. Connor, oh, uh, Connor Coolahan 
ball hits off the catcher's glove, ricochets back into the air. Kid dives, catches it before it hits the ground. And the reason I bring this up, Steve, is that I am going to toot my own horn. When I was 16, it was the greatest play I've ever made in my life. Okay, ever. I was playing third base. It was at McLean High School. Oh, a place I'm Virginia? sure you have in Virginia, a place that maybe you've played. I don't know. Famous for its double decker dugout. Okay, two floors in the dugout. It's not fancy, but it is cool. Uh, anyway, playing third base, pop fly between first base and catcher. Oh, first base and catcher. Okay, and I know our catcher sucks. So the ball's <laughs> in the air, and I'm kind of like running over and then like starts to pick it up. I kind of see he doesn't have it. Hits off his glove. It's about to hit the ground. Full sprint. Layout. Bare hand grab oh. before it hits the ground. From third base in foul territory down the first baseline. Greatest play ever made. Cheater has nothing on me. That's me tooting my own horn. Congrats to uh, my friend Connor Coolahan. Yeah, sick name. I What I love about this clip is the catcher looking in his glove like, dude, where's the ball? And then he turns to like, he, he obviously looks kind of dejected and sees Connor Coolahan. Connor Coolahan, sick name again, just laying out for it. And he's like, oh, yeah, it, it's awesome. It's a great play. Uh, let's, any, let's talk about players. We mentioned Jake Geloff and Kyle Teal. Like they're just, Geloff is stupid locked in. He's levels of locked in where it's, you know, for fairness, just go play pro ball. Dylan Cruz is there too right now. It Like, I, I want you to have a great time your last year in college, but you are not a college baseball player anymore. You are a professional baseball player who happens to be in college. That That's a fair statement. I mean, it was awesome to watch him today. He hit two homers in today's win against Miami where UVA won 6-4. to four. The first one was really sick because he's chasing UVA's career home run record, which is fun in itself. But the first one put him within one. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. He's within one. That was a nuke. Second one ties it. And it was a mammoth of a shot off the clubhouse, which he always hits it off of at UVA. It was, it was just really cool to see. The whole place was super excited for him. And the most impressive part for me is, I played with him his uh, freshman year. He only started about, or uh, only appeared in about 30 games for us. He was mostly a pinch hitter. He had 111 at-bats, but he's tied the UVA career home run record in only 451 at-bats, which I personally think is even more impressive. I think you could have done it in 450 if they had just given you the chance. We talked about Ethan Petrie before. Just this kid is so good. He's like, he, his body is very bizarre. Like he doesn't look that athletic, but then he rotates and you're like, holy shit, this kid is incredible. Uh, you have a kid on here, Steve, named Bryce Frederick. Can you uh, educate me? So Bryce Frederick plays for Towson University, just north of Baltimore. Some would say in Baltimore. I think it's just north. Um, you mean north of Balmer? Yeah, north of Balmer. Balmer. Um, but last year on April 2nd of 2022, he broke his arm when they were playing against the University of Delaware. He's a left fielder. He ran into the fence at an awkward angle, like completely snapped his arm. It was terrifying. My heart broke for the kid. I remember his first baseman at Towson wore his jersey for the rest of the season. It was really cool. Um, he makes his comeback this year. He's all good, all healthy. Against UMBC 
on four for four day, Wendy's four for four day, April 4th, 2023, he hits two home runs. He goes five for six with two bombs. The second bomb was a walk off with two outs in the ninth. And then you fast forward to April 5th of 2023. He's two for five with a walk off grand slam against George Mason. He worked incredibly hard to get back to where he is like, he had to completely essentially rebuild his arm and all the arm strength, all the, like the muscles stay there, but they aren't strong. They aren't fine tuned. Like a typical baseball player would have after a year of preparation work. So it's really cool to see him thriving. I'm really happy for him. I know his dad's super happy for him. He'll send me all, all sorts of updates, which I really appreciate Mr. Frederick. Um, thank you for doing that. And it was just awesome to see. One more name you want to bring up, Brady Ware. This yes. does not appear to be a Division One. Is this Division One? No, it is not Division One. It's Division Two. It's the University of Indianapolis, where they are seventeen and eleven, and they're playing Drury College, who is twenty and sixteen. So Drury's no no slouch, but Brady Ware gets the start. He's a two way player. He transferred in. He's a graduate student from the University of Saint Catherine. Where he, he had an okay career. His ERA was a 4.82, but he hit really well there. He had a 3.33 average with 14 bombs. Transfers to University of Indianapolis, UND. And against Drury, he went complete game, shutout, no hitter on the mound. And at the plate, he hit for the cycle, which is just insane. I remember in high school, I went to high school with this kid named Kevin Doherty who played at UVA. I looked up to him a lot. He was a senior when I was a freshman. But I remember when when he got his offer from UVA, it was a game against this team named Paul VI where he threw a no-hitter and they won one nothing, and the one run was him hitting a solo shot. And so naturally, out of high school, I didn't go to UVA because I couldn't do cool shit like that. Um, yeah. But I was like, oh, that's the best baseball game anyone could ever have. And then I saw this a few nine years later. It's pretty amazing. Like, you just just did it. Like, you don't need anyone else. Yeah, it's like. You don't even need anyone. Don't don't worry, guys. I got this. I got this one. Um, I'll handle it. it. I love it, too. So, seven innings, should say. Uh, Five walks. That happens. (laughs) He worked around him well. Worked around worked him. Worked well. around him. Worked around him. Seven Can't innings take that away from him. Seven innings takes a little bit away from the no hitter, but adds a lot, in my opinion, to the cycle. That's a great point because doing both of these things is just as impressive in seven as it is in nine. Right now, there is an aspect of like the rest of his team was raking, and so he got a ton of at bats, <laughs> so he was able to do it. They won fourteen to zero. But still, I can't do either of these things, and he did them both. Uh, all right, Steve, I think it's time to go home. Yeah, uh, no. Which, in our case, is to stay where we are. Anything else you'd like to say here so, on the Shock Factor stay right podcast? Here. Um, no, thank you guys for tuning in. I greatly appreciate it. Um, if you were someone who listened to me broadcasting and said nice things, thank you once again. I really appreciate the support. It's been a lifelong dream of mine, so I'm really happy that it's finally getting to kind of come true. Um, if you bought a hat, also, thank you. Um, I like making hats, so you buying a hat lets me tell my wife that I should keep making hats with my time. Um, so thank you for that. And 
if you listen to this podcast, which a hundred percent of people hearing this right now, most likely have listened to some of this. Thanks. I appreciate you. Bye. <laughs>